0: this is dr holly lucille's mindful medicine here's dr holly lucille well hello there mindful listeners it is dr holly lucille here coming to you from mindful medicine thank you again for spending some time with us guess what we're going to be talking about today Uh uh-huh sugar addiction and the ability to detox and free yourself from it i have an incredible guest michael collins He is the founder of sugaraddiction.com and also the Quit Sugar Summit. He has been sugar-free, get this folks, for over 30 years and has worked closely with others to help them regain their lives that have been ravished by the addictive product. Yes, we're going to be talking about sugar and the lure it has on all of us. Michael, welcome to the show. Dr. Holly, thanks
1: for having me. I really appreciate it, my honor yeah
0: so uh, you know I always love to have guests on that their topic comes from the soul like it's in your bones because you lived it you conquered it and then you came out the other side and are here to help people uh so you know better than any reference paper or double-blind randomized placebo-controlled anything because you've done it so Tell me a little bit about your journey with sugar and how this all came about. Sure. I have the short podcast version.
1: I uh, I got sober uh, 36 years ago and uh, drugs and alcohol, and that's another podcast, but uh, I started wanting to get healthy, and I ran into a book called Sugar Blues, and Sugar Blues was popular in the 80s. Uh, the author is actually... Married to Gloria Swanson, the famous movie star, but I just loved the history lesson, and I, I really loved part of the what was going on with it. So it took me a while, but eventually, uh, I didn't have too many mentors back then, so I did get off of sugar and flour and caffeine. And uh, then I was got married, and and I actually talked my wife at the time into having children, and they didn't have we didn't have uh, they didn't have uh, sugar in the womb or flour or caffeine until they, until they were six years old uh, and in their childhood only once a month or so outside birthday parties. And, you know, they always said my kids that I should write a book about sugar. And so I eventually did. And But I went on to have a regular business career, kind of a life. But about 12 years ago, I bought the name sugaraddiction.com and started putting out the best information on the planet really that i could find at the time but what happened was it wasn't until about five or four or five years ago where i was kind of semi-retired and i i started coaching people and building a little bit larger platform forum um meetings people where they could get together and and Coaching people. And that's when it really took off and started to, I started to really learn about it all. And so, you know, fast forward to now, and that's really the the end of it. I mean, I've since, like you said, founded the Quit Sugar Summit, which has been going on for seven years. It's actually coming up right now. Uh, You know, we've had 250 experts from around the world. These people were literally languishing in anonymity but they'd done a lot of research on sugar and fructose and its effect on the body and the brain, and we brought them out to the public, and now it's kind of a big thing, uh, worldwide phenomenon almost.
0: That's, I mean, that, yeah, worldwide phenomenon and and definitely sustainable. You've been doing it for a long time. So let's talk about this substance, because certainly when you mentioned sober from, and then you followed up with from drugs and alcohol, right? Because we can get sober from a lot of different things in our culture, in our modern day, that's for sure. But let's talk about the addictiveness of sugar, because I think some people don't realize how addictive it is and also the damage it can do. I mean, we understand probably more about drugs and alcohol and the damage it can do to our bodies and our brains and all of that stuff. But what did you find out when you started this work about the addictive substance sugar?
1: Yeah, I believe it's the gateway drug to all uh, drugs. I I believe it starts in the womb. And I believe that, you know, the science has exploded in the last five years. I mean, exploded. And and, I mean, if you read Michael Moss's book, uh, Hooked, you know, the food companies slide us into MR into MRIs and put the new product on our tongue to see where the brain lights up. And the brain lights up exactly where drugs and alcohol do. difference is, is the dose makes the poison, right? And so we're pounding 21 teaspoons, 30, 40 teaspoons sometimes if you got a big habit, a day since childhood, right? And it's the nucleus accumbens. This is a brain disease. It's a brain illness, right? and we know now exactly what's going on the problem is is the stigma of it all is that people can't believe i mean there's no moral ethical or legal worries about giving this product to a 1 year old and so socially it's a you know it's a difficult uh Tasked to get people to accept the idea. I always talk about the proverbial person who's lost 100 or 200 pounds. They don't talk about their diet and their food and their exercise. What they talk about is this recovery process, right? this process of how they uh, literally re- had to reconfigure uh, their emotional management system Right? i mean it it truly i mean it's a very common construct in the world of alcohol and drugs that if you stopped using drugs at fourteen fifteen you stopped growing emotionally. well, just convert that to someone who's been using this sugar product who uh since they were a child they literally have to relearn how to handle stress and old trauma it really it's kind of a again, my experts and the people uh, that I work with, uh, finally, when they finally click that this is actually an addiction, that's when they get
0: well. Yeah, wow. And when it finally clicks that it's actually an addiction, what can be done about it? I mean, you know, you talk about the average seven day, 10 day, 21 day, even a 30 day detox uh, seems to make people's cravings for sugar worse. What's that about?
1: Well, look, I mean, in any with any addiction, when you stop, there's going to be some difficulty. There's going to be some hard. And it's just simple. It's withdrawals. And that's just the ticket to the game. Uh, that's the beginning. That's when the work... Post-abstinence is when the work really begins. I can't tell you, the 10,000 people that have gone through the program, like how many have disappeared after 30 or 60 days because some life event came up. Finances, relationships, kids, spouses, divorce. And they just couldn't handle it. And they went back to their old standby emotional management tool, which was sugar. And so you've got to get through the withdrawal part first physically. You've got to eat whole food. Everyone knows this. And this is what all of the... 95% 95% of quote unquote sugar detoxes out there say, and they're usually attached to some diet program or some exercise program. But in reality, all that all that is is the beginning. The real work starts at day 30 and goes to you know sometimes for a couple of years while you relearn how to feel. And all that kind of sounds kind of harsh, but it's actually true. And it takes folks sometimes like any course of recovery uh several relapses back and forth till they kind of catch on that moderation is not for some people not for everyone but for
0: some people moderation
1: just isn't going to work
0: right and you you know when you say people you know that that work really starts when the withdrawal is over because it can be a slippery slope because you mentioned mris and putting something sweet on the taste buds of humans and watching their brain light up. And so when we know it or not, sometimes, and I've said this many times on the show, you know, food is a whole heck of a lot in this society. It can be, it certainly, I love to use food as medicine. Uh, it can be celebratory. It's very social as you mentioned, but it also can be used as a drug. And when people have a hard time tolerating their feelings and, and you know, those feelings are those, those big ones of betrayal or, um, you know, even our own shame or anger or hurt or resentment, all of those things, sugar can be used as a substance to kind of numb. And then I think that's what you're saying. So the withdrawal is over, you go through the steps, the abstinence is there, and then the real work starts because you're left with your brain that's a little bit more... Um, fresh and it's a little bit more sensitive, and then learning to tolerate your feelings and and be with them is is where the real work is. You're saying,
1: absolutely, and this is the you know the thing that it's difficult. I get a lot of pushback because people think of addicts as someone with a brown paper bag under a bridge, and it's just not the case, right? It's a the stigma reduction that is substance use disorder. I mean. K Street, Washington, DC, the largest nonprofits in this in the drug and alcohol space, their only goal is to uh, tell the stories of people that have recovered. All of their budget goes to telling these stories. I mean they do other stuff, but largely their attention and their attempt to, to curb the stigma is just that. And this is the problem here. (laughs) Rodney Dangerfield, I'm sure you remember that comedian. I get no respect. Well, sugar gets no respect as a psychoactive drug that could have this potential. But they've never talked to someone who's actually recovered, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, Michael, you also talk about, this is something that I really wanted to talk to you about today because the ketogenic diet or keto is fairly popular. Um, I've had people on the show and we talk about it. When we're working on the terrain, when somebody has had cancer, you know, there's, first of all, there's, there's the tumor we worry about, but then what is the microenvironment that informed that tumor? And so some more evidence is coming out as far as being in the state of ketosis, um, by eating a more ketogenic diet is therapeutic, but then people have also glommed onto sort of the keto diet for weight loss. So it's fairly popular right now, but there is this thing called the keto flu. And you mentioned, and it it literally feels like the flu. It feels like you're going through, you know, headache, congestion, uh, achiness. You mentioned that this might really just be sugar withdrawals. Can you talk more about that?
1: No, it is sugar withdrawals. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, it's just sugar withdrawals. Just put the symptoms next to each other. They're identical. Um, When someone goes from the sad standard American diet to a diet of all whole foods, regardless of whether it's plant-based or keto, they're going to go through withdrawals. And those withdrawals are what people are calling the keto flu. It's actually taken about the last two years, where a lot of my uh, contemporaries uh, in the business or in the you know world of sugar addiction and recovery have been speaking on keto stages So that people are starting to understand that this is the case. Um, But it is absolutely sugar withdrawals. The keto flu is just sugar withdrawals. And ultra-carb, ultra-processed carbs as well. Which turn into sugar in your stomach. I'm sure you know that.
0: (laughs) Well, have you ever, I mean, I think people probably, maybe back, I think I remember this was in elementary school. We did the saltine test when you put like a, a saltine cracker on your right so yep. you think about it you don't think of a saltine cracker as being what sugary mm-hmm. but if you allow it to just sit on your tongue <laughs> and you know as we sure. know there's the digestion starts right there in your mouth right it turns into to pretty a pretty sweet substance, that's for sure, because that's just refined carbohydrates. So you have to throw those in there as well. Yeah, I get a little pushback. I kind of have to ease people
1: in, Dr. Holly, I I have to ease them in first, you know, to the addiction idea. So I start with a uh, sugar detox like everyone. Um, uh, I actually bought SugarDetox.com. And it's like because I want people to be aware, Uh, I want them to understand. But once they get in, I've got to do exactly what you're describing. I have to tell them about the fructose in fruit. I have to tell them about the the, that sugar uh, flour products turn to sugar in your stomach. Um, You know, I have to. I try not to ascribe a diet, but I'm getting to the point where um, there are some diet necessities that. I call them borderline foods, uh, nuts and nut butters, fruits, uh, grains, and uh, what's the other one? Dairy. You know, these things some people can use, but some people can't, right? And so it's a progression that I walk them through as they, you know, they start to, de- once they get off of the sugar and the flour.
0: Yeah. So you have this uh, at sugaraddiction.com, the last resort sugar detox guide. And you say, learn how to eliminate cravings and sugar obsessions by rewiring your eating drive and break free from the worldwide sugar cult. <laughs> Those are pretty strong words for a subtitle. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a big fan of the history. The thing that uh,
1: caught me with the uh, Sugar Blues, that first book I read, was the, the growth of the English empire, right? It was like... They went to the west of Africa, they picked up slaves, they went to the Caribbean, picked up rum and molasses and sugar in the the Americas, and then they came back and they grew the largest monopoly in the world. They literally took over the world with that money. And that started 300 plus years ago and has never stopped. And now the science has caught up with that. And it's just, we took an evolutionary wrong turn, all right? And, you know, there's a couple other uh, turning points in history when, you know, high fructose corn syrup came into the diet, etc. But for the most part, 300 years ago, you know, when it became an inexpensive uh, commodity as opposed to an expensive spice, uh, everyone started using it. It worked its way into the diet. I think the cruelest joke the universe ever played, that it was sweet. And But at the end of the day, it's a it's a a powdered substance. It's a food product or a quote-unquote plant that's been, re- like cocaine, been reduced to a white powder, and it has a lot of the same characteristics of and effects on the brain. But it's so ingrained in our society, so deeply ingrained in everything from birth to death and every celebration in between, and now in 75% of the food products, that It takes a real mindfulness, awareness, and eternal vigilance to separate the white powder from the whole food in today's world.
0: And so that's the problem, right? That's the difficulty. Yeah, Uh, you just, uh, this is so such an incredible information just because I think that if people are listening, they might see themselves in some of the things that you're talking about. Um, So when somebody, you know, you know, and I, and I love it too, because you've got some resources on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash Sugar Now. Um, on Instagram, you're the sugar uh, underscore free underscore man. Um, and just people following you, I'm sure can get, as you said, you're putting out some of the best content out there. Um, and, you know, a lot of people might be listening. They're just not ready yet, right? Not ready, but they've been thinking about it. And so hooking up in social media and and maybe downloading your, your resource and just kind of going through it people can get on the path the journey i would say to maybe as you said after you got sober you wanted to get healthy um i've known quite a few people that got sober and from drugs and alcohol but sugar was the thing that kind of crept in as the sort of substitute um and i'm sure you've seen that before because then that needs to be tackled as well um because that's just another another thing that is altering the brain and and perhaps numbing those feelings that we talked about correct
1: oh look it's an interesting story uh you know when my parents were alive and you know as i i got sober in an anonymous 12-step kind of program and so i was an anonymous guy for most of this journey and but when my parents passed away, I don't know why that was part of it, but when they passed away, I, I started to kick into those nonprofits in, in in Washington. And I threw in with what's called the New Recovery Advocacy Movements, where people tell their story out loud. And when I started to tell my story online, I had this huge flood of people into the my sugar program. They were recovering alcoholics, five, 10, 20, one of my coaches, 20 years sober, but they could not put down the sugar. And everyone, I was scraping testimonials from the from the group uh, yesterday, um, and it's like, to a man, to a woman, every single one of them, Dr. Holly said that quitting sugar was harder than
0: quitting alcohol and drugs. So it's very real. All right, so thinking about this, this last little question I have for you, if quitting sugar is more difficult than quitting alcohol, and let's just state, you're successful at it. So you go out to social events, and obviously when you're navigating around being sober, things change, you're, you know the way that you move in the world changes, uh, the things that you do changes, um, the people that you usually hang out with might change. But the social event, uh, What's, you say, there's, it'll be easy. Social events will be easy if you follow this one rule. What is that one rule?
1: At the beginning, it's not easy. And and, and the one rule is that it will be easy eventually. The telling of the story has to be that they understand that eventually this anxiety that they have that people... I don't want to put it this way, that they care. I was going to say something more crude, but that they people are concerned about your sugar intake is, is a fallacy, right? It's just they're not worried about it. As a matter of fact, they will come to your aid and, and support, especially your family when you drop 50 pounds because you quit sugar. They say, nope, my mom doesn't need sugar. So you've got to get over the... So- and, and look, the social anxiety, the social worry, the social concern, the social aspect of quitting this product and being different being the odd man out for a time takes time and if you don't join another tribe another group of people who believe in this uh, constructs that we've been talking about this um this uh, different tribe this different group if you don't join them in the beginning it's just that much harder because you know, people aren't mean, but they don't want you to leave their tribe—be it your family or your work group or your schoolmates. They don't want you to be different, uh, and they'd have to look at themselves. So it's the social aspect is a very different, very difficult part of the whole process. One we're very adept at kind of helping people navigate.
0: Oh yeah, boy you've said it very, very, very well. And you know, one of the things I think that we will end with here, and I've said it before recently, I think part of the problem with the inflammation, and we saw it during the pandemic, um, is that only 12%, only 12% of Americans don't have a metabolic disorder. So we're talking about dysregulation in blood sugar, we're talking about heart disease, we're talking about these things that can spur off these inflammatory cytokines and, and inflammation in general when sugar and being overweight is very inflammatory and so if anything um, for your mental health yes but for your physical health as well if sugar is an issue if you know that you're trying to give it up but just can't you've got some resources here folks happy to say so this is Michael Collins he owns sugaraddiction.com tons of resources there for you lots of social media to jump on and just be you know maybe part of that tribe to start your journey into maybe a more of a sugarless life how how does that sound that's awesome that's great but we'll keep it nice and sweet that's for sure well michael thank you so much for sharing your story um for living your truth and then for helping others along the way i really appreciate it mindful listeners as always i appreciate you thanks for being here and we'll see you next time